Wow! Welcome to this here wow, brought to you in part by Jen Schulte, real estate broker with Century 21 Millennium Inc. Brokerage, the Jen Schulte team, leading you home. This here wow is the podcast dedicated to highlighting entirely exceptional people, places, and things found right here, right under our noses in South Georgian Bay. I'm Dean Holland, the lucky so-and-so charged with the exceedingly pleasurable task of pulling that all together right here each week from the comfort of Studio 11. Now, earlier in my week, a song dating back to my high school days caught my ear and stayed with me through much of that day. That is something that so very regularly happens to me. I've always got a song of some sort running through my brain. Now, as a bonus accompaniment, I'm often tapping out the beat of said song on something nearby, some countertop or desk or the like. You know, it's rather delightful. Just ask my wife of over 20 years. She loves it. Now, the song that dominated that musical portion of my noggin on that day was One Thing Leads to Another by a band called The Fix. I even recall that the album it comes from is called Reach the Beach. If you're anything like me, you might now also have that song running through your head for a number of hours. You're quite welcome, by the way. As it stands, one thing leads to another has ended up being a bit of a theme to my week past. Quite frankly, it could be applied to many of the weeks of my life. Truth is, the exercise of reaching out and chatting with exceptional people found right here in SGB, well, you often find yourself then connecting with other exceptional people found right here in SGB. And this is a very good thing. While conversing a couple of weeks back with one of my guests, I was reminded of a rather special day in March, one that needed to be highlighted on my calendar. Additionally, that same conversation put on my radar a few people, including a gentleman who is in part responsible for that special day in March. And with that, episode four began to take shape. Now, the balance of this episode has much to do with another song that became embedded in my brain, not one, but at least two days this past week, maybe three even. That song prompted me to reach out to its creator, a fellow I've worked with a few times over the past handful of years. I simply had to tell him how wow it was and then get the scoop on the whole deal. So, what do you say we get the show going? This here, this here, this here. Wow! March 21st is World Down Syndrome Day. Although it was a movement out of Brazil that began to establish 0321 as World Down Syndrome Day in 2006, it was in December of 2011 that the United Nations General Assembly declared it to be so in a very worldwide and official way. This was done by numerous UN member states petitioning and encouraging their respective governments to co-sponsor a resolution to make it so. Now, in 2011, the Canadian Down Syndrome Society was indeed involved in persuading the UN to proclaim March 21st as WDSD. And the gentleman who chaired the Canadian Down Syndrome Society for a 10-year run, including when all that was happening in 2011, now resides right here in SGB, along with his wife and their adult son who has Down Syndrome. When I reached out for a chat, I met not one, but three exceptional individuals. The White family, Kevin, Diane, and son Kyle. Do you have a favorite thing that you like to do? What were you just doing downstairs? Watch movies. Oh, you like watching movies. I like watching movies too. I like old movies. I'm not going to assume that you and I like the same kind of movies. So what kind of movies do you like, Kyle? Jungle Book. Jungle Book. 
thing. Oh, Jungle Book. Oh, you like all Disney movies, What about right? So you like all the Disney movies? Yeah. But the Jungle Book, is that one of your favorites? Yeah. He's a big Netflix, Disney Plus, Prime mm-hmm. lover. And Netflix. And Netflix, yeah. And Netflix, excellent. Yeah. One of Kyle's other favorite things to do oh, is yeah, eating, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Kyle, yeah. you and I, you and I have lots in common, Kyle. We can eat <laughs> because I like movies and I like food. <laughs> he loves to ride his bike up here and on the tr- Georgian Trail and uh, uh, golfing. He comes out golfing with me every once in a while. It's just so beautiful up here. So, Kyle, you like going golfing with your dad? Yeah, yeah. Who's the better golfer? Dad. Oh, hey, hey. <laughs> thanks, bud. <laughs> I, I, I think you'd probably be. Yeah, you'd probably be better than I am, Kyle. <laughs> so, well, Kevin, let's talk about, I guess, World, World Down Syndrome so Day. Yeah. World Down Syndrome Day. Let's please yeah. talk about that. Yeah, so, um, you know, obviously, um, recognition and awareness is a big, huge thing. And so, uh, uh, so a lot of the Down Syndrome groups around the world were trying to get a day to recognize, for governments to recognize Down Syndrome Day, just, uh, just so you can create a whole awareness program around it. And uh, fortunately, the UN uh, uh, in 2011 declared uh, uh, 321 as World Down Syndrome Day from here on in. And there's been an, or- an international organization that's helped uh, uh, create awareness around the world and all the, the country groups uh, connect with it and, uh, and celebrate it uh, for, uh, for awareness. Because, um, you know, uh, certainly today there's a, a great deal more awareness of what Down syndrome is and people with Down syndrome and the capabilities that they have. And we, uh, we ran a campaign at the national level in Canada about see the ability. So it's so easy to see the disabilities in people, but it's really about seeing the abilities and everything that they can do. And so it's always great to be able to focus in on a day. Uh, and uh, 321 was selected because um, the genetic anomaly of Down syndrome is three versions of your 21st chromosome. So 321. And that's how the day was selected. And, uh, and so it's, it's been fantastic. Now, I, 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 like very many people, I'm sure in this community and communities that we've all, that many of us have come from, more than likely know somebody and family with a child with Down syndrome or a, a person with Down syndrome. How can we best celebrate uh, the abilities? Well, on so um, um, certainly one of the things, if you know someone, reach out to them, yeah. especially during COVID. I mean, there people need to be reached out to. So reach out to them and send them a message. Uh, clearly, um, social media has been an incredible opportunity, especially over the last five to 10 years, about creating awareness. So, uh, you know, watch out for posts about uh, World Down Syndrome Day and share it on your own Instagram, Twitter, and uh, Facebook feeds uh, so that you can share that with everyone and, uh, and celebrate uh, the uh, the World Down Syndrome International Group decided to um, to uh, have a campaign over the last ten years, and it's called Odd Socks. Uh, so on on that day, everybody should wear odd socks. Rock your socks. Now our two daughters wore our odd socks all the time. Yeah, yeah. that was yeah. A, that was a thing for yeah. them when they yeah. went to school. Not sure, about your girls. But yeah, I'm going to tell you, it's a it's not only the girls. It's just it's a thing. Yeah, it's a thing, especially. <laughs> And, uh, and the whole idea was that uh, everybody's different. So wear different socks because and people are different and celebrate those differences. And uh, so rock your socks. And so that you'll, see, you'll see lots of postings of people wearing different socks on World Down Syndrome Day. And, uh, 
And obviously for, uh, for groups around the world, it's also an opportunity to, uh, to look for donations as well. You know, it's, uh, it's, been a, it's been a tough year for all charities because there hasn't been as much awareness going on. People have been at home. And so the opportunity to, uh, to create some awareness for some donations for all the great groups around the world is also something that can be done on, on World Down Swimming Day. Is there a chapter in this area that we can donate to? Yeah, so um, um, so uh, there is a, there is a number of Down syndrome groups. Um, there is a group that uh, there's a Simco group that you can find online. I, I you'll have to take a look for it. Uh, but as well, groups like Events for Life, who uh, are running an organization that are supporting people with Down syndrome, would be an be an awesome one to uh, to go to. So Events for uh, for Life would be a, a great place for people to go and make a donation. There's also a Down syndrome association of Ontario, Ontario. Uh, which helps with uh, especially special education across the province. And then I was on the board of the Canadian Down syndrome Society for uh, for ten years. And that's another one from a national level that would be a great one to to make a donation to the uh, the present uh, the present uh, executive director of the CDSS actually live, works and lives in Collingwood and has a son uh, with Down syndrome in, in Collingwood. So certainly for uh, those are many opportunities for anybody that's thinking about making a donation. How how small or big doesn't matter. It uh, all of those charities are are doing everything they can to help individuals with intellectual disabilities. Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I can't help thinking back to uh, my high school years. I grew up in Hamilton, oh, yeah. very close to where yeah. you come from. And uh, back in the mid 80s, the one high school that I went to uh, in my senior year, post senior year, my victory lap year, uh, they did back then, they were trying out a program which had special needs uh, mm -hmm. kids in the school along yeah. with the mainstream kids. And um, and I was part of that. And I have to admit that I think the after that course was that it it kind of took the edge off and it made mm -hmm. it so I wasn't so fearful of interacting or mm -hmm. absolutely mm -hmm. it. Um, and, and, you know, we're we're all of the uh, we're of the age in which uh, things were very different when we were growing up. Oh, yes. And I uh, I have great faith in uh, in our children and the next generation because they have all been growing up with people of difference in their community um, visible and not hidden. And inclusion is a really important thing. So then when the schools, when inclusion in the schools began, it really started to change the opportunities for people with uh, disabilities, including Down syndrome. And, uh, you know, we, um, you know, uh, everybody that's advocating for people with Down syndrome fought for um, health because unfortunately, mm -hmm. you know, the death rate was very high because when babies were born with Down syndrome back in the early days, they, they wouldn't operate because they didn't think they had a fulsome life to have. So today, health is not something that anybody thinks about. It happens automatically. Thankfully, education now is something in inclusion. It is happening everywhere in North America and around in many places around the world. So the, uh, the two next areas of challenge and opportunity are employment, employment yes. and housing. housing. Uh, you know, there's such a strong business case for people to with Down syndrome and intellectual disabilities to work. Uh, and it's a very positive. Their uh, their motivation is is incredible. The motivation they bring to their fellow workers is incredible. Their work ethic is great. And uh, so it's not about being charitable. It's about doing the right thing. And uh, you know, hopefully one day people with uh, intellectual disabilities will be able to have much more employment than they do today. Because unfortunately, it uh, it's a challenge and it creates a lot of poverty in that community. How can we make this a bit easier? How can we make this more? Uh, how can we fix that? Well, problem? awareness is a big issue. And, and so, you know, bias is something that's really difficult to, to deal with because, 
you know, a, a lot of people would just believe that people with intellectual disabilities and Down syndrome can't do anything. And so the idea of employing people is something that's difficult. And uh, and so that the the people that make that make that leap and and let it happen, uh, they see how incredibly uh, fantastic it is. And there's a number of organizations in the Southern Georgia Bay that are employing people with disabilities. And it's about them being visible and uh, and then other business owners, especially small business owners, seeing the opportunity that that there is for uh, for employment to happen. And uh, everybody just wants to be able to contribute. And people with intellectual disabilities are exactly the same. And so, the more people that get employed, uh, the more people that see that, and hopefully that just uh, starts to multiply that opportunity. And so, uh, so we we're working at that as one of the uh, one of the challenges. And we're working with uh, the town of Blue Mountains and other areas to uh, to get access to more affordable and attainable housing. And there's a number of programs going on right now that uh, show great promise. And uh, because, uh, you know, uh, Kyle loves his parents, but, uh, you know, he'd like to be up there independent at some point. And, uh, and mom and dad would like uh, some of our some of our me time as well. So. So the whole idea of Kyle living uh, somewhere in the Blue Mountains, not too far from us, but uh, living with a buddy probably would, uh, would be one of the goals that we have for him in the next few years. So working on that. So he has a bicycle. He goes out and he rides in our area okay. on a good day, even in the winter. He's been out on his bike. It's three wheels or 24 inches with a basket. Yep. So he goes out riding. And Kyle, you like basketball? Is that one of the things that I heard that you like to do? Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, right, playing, right? But you also like what? Watching who? Raptors. Raptors. Oh, the Raptors. Well, why yeah, do you I like get... the Raptors? Tell, tell, tell Dean why you like the Raptors. Who's your favorite player? Are you? Kyle, Kyle Lowry. Kyle. Oh, the same first name as you. Namesake. Yeah. He says they're twins. It's his twin. <laughs> nice. That's a good twin to have. Yeah. <laughs> Take that I one. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, thanks. Thanks so much for chatting with me. Well, we really appreciate you helping getting the, the word out there and creating yeah. awareness. So uh, great. Oh, nice to you. meet you. Great day. Yeah, Thank nice you. To meet you too. Sure, say goodbye. Okay. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Bye, Kyle. Bye. Big fan of all of them. I'm determined to connect with Kyle on our nearby basketball court. Unfortunately for Kyle, he'll soon discover what a terrible, terrible basketball player I am. Kudos to both Kevin and his lovely wife, Diane. Fine examples of leadership and positivity, saluting the both of you. Kevin suggested a couple of things that we keep in mind moving forward. There are a number of organizations that support Down syndrome families and individuals that you can donate to if you are able to do so. I'll provide info and links via the This Here Wow Facebook page. Additionally, if you know someone who has Down syndrome, this week would be a really great week to reach out to them. Not just this week, you understand, but this week might be a good one to start. Is here. Wow. You'll recall that during my chat with Kevin and Diane, they mentioned that employment was one of the next big hurdles to be overcome when it comes not only to individuals with Down syndrome, but also other people with mental disabilities or challenges. While Kyle White is a new personality in my world, Sam Griffiths is not entirely so. During the past couple of years, I've become acquainted with Sam. He's a sharp dresser, very personable and social, and we share some musical interests, him and I. Of late, though, I learned that Sam is a bit of an entrepreneur. In a world where employment has likely been difficult for him to secure, something we should all do our best to rectify, incidentally, it seems that he simply decided to create his own small business. Here's just a few minutes of a conversation Sam and I recently had. Now, Sam, I've been told, 
I've been told that you knit. I do. Oh, when did you learn to knit? Well, uh, I think years ago, probably around 2014, I think, I believe. Yeah, well, that's something we have in common, actually, because I learned how to knit when I was probably in my late teens, when I was doing some theater when I was a teenager. And we used to have to sit around and wait, of course, for our time in rehearsal. And so a bunch of us learned how to knit, uh, although I haven't done it for many years. Really? Yeah. And is it something you like? Yeah. I've been going to craft fairs a lot before COVID. And I just love it. I've been bringing in money so much. And I, I love it. So, so you're knitting and you're selling your knitting? Is that what you're doing? Yep. Well, what sort of things are you knitting? Well, blankets, one bar covers, and blankets. Yeah, a little bit of everything. That's crazy. How, how much time a week then do you spend doing this knitting for your business? Well, I don't sit off a lot. Sometimes I'm up and down. Sometimes if my back starts to get... So uh, there's a sign I have to do something uh, about that. Yeah, fair enough. Who taught you to knit, Sam? Well, I think my first, my grandma started on with this end. Then this end won't, won't work. Then I started to use my left end, and I'm just, I can't even start. Okay, so your grandmother taught you to knit. Yeah. And then when did you decide to kind of make it into a business? Well, I have business cards. There's another way to contact me that way. How long has your business been going? How long have you been selling your knitting? Well, I'm selling this stuff probably with the coffee. Some of them I, I can't go sometimes. If I'm busy or something, my grandma takes all my knitting and goes to all the, all the craft fairs, and I've been making all the dough. Holy cow. And so you've got, like, you've got a pretty good bank account then. I know. I'm up to 2000 almost 3000 in, in the bank already. Good for you. Yeah. You should be so proud of yourself. I know. Yeah. And it seems to me, Sam, that if I remember properly, are you, are you a Frank Sinatra fan? Yeah, Frank Sinatra, Bing Crosby, Kelly Cag, and Elvis. And Elvis. And Jerry Lee Lewis. And Jerry Lee Lewis as well, eh? Yeah, and Roy Orbison, and all those old country people. Yeah, a lot of those people that you've listed are some of my favorites, too. Really? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to beat Roy Orbison. Oh, I know. In addition to knitting and the music he identified as favorites, Sam routinely helps out with outdoor work, including gardening. In exactly the same way you and I are, Sam is quite looking forward to eventually returning to some level of normalcy so that he can resume some of the programming he was involved in at EFL. He agrees that the internet is great, but he misses seeing his friends face-to-face. I'm going to see if I can't get Sam to send me a couple of photos of his knitting that I can put up on the This Here Wow Facebook page and uh, maybe some info to get in touch with Sam because you just might want to grab one of his blankets, don't you know? Sam, you're an inspiration and you wowed me, my friend. 
And now it's time to take just a moment or two to touch base with a definite wow when it comes to things real estate related right here in South Georgian Bay. Jen Schulte. So Jen, how are you? I'm fantastic, Dean. Like, what is going on right now? What is the big thing? The big thing is how fast the market's going. The real estate market is crazy busy, but there's lots of new inventory. So just like the rest of the world, we've all caught spring fever, and we're all wanting to make shifts and move and find the right place and right size and downsize and upsize, and uh, there's just lots of movement and energy. Yeah, and and I'm hearing that there are lots of people who are wanting to be up here because they want to uh, live where they love to play. 100%. And now you can work from home. So anybody that has a house with a home office and uh, we've got a buyer because people can work from home now. So the work remote in an area that we know as now an exurb. So you've got suburbs and exurbs. Um, Certainly this area is fantastically desirable it's an exciting place to live, and it's a great place to play, which is why we all live here. That's absolutely, absolutely. If we want to get uh, more information from you, Jen, where should we go? You can follow us on our Facebook page, The Jen Schulte Team, and you can reach out to us on our website, The Jen Schulte Team. And certainly, uh, we put out a weekly newsletter, and we're happy to stay in touch that way. Little market tidbits, a bit of economics of what's going on in the market, and any new information, and of course, your podcast. <laughs> Great. Okay. Well, always, always delightful chatting with you. And you as well. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. You stay well. You as well. Thanks. Have a great day, everyone. You know, I often learn something from Jen. Exurb. Didn't know there was such a thing. Not a suburb, but an exurb, ladies and gentlemen. Jen, her team, and of course yours truly, all big fans of South Georgian Bay. SGB, the place to be. Jen's website again, jenschulteteam.com or you can find them on Facebook. A couple of years back, I found myself working with a fella who has subsequently impressed me on more than one occasion. A lawyer by trade, right here in SGB, Jason Murphy. In my humble opinion, he has a rather tremendous knack for writing songs. In the last few years, he's been the driving force and primary writer for a couple of stage musicals, one based on the Hundred Years' War and the other on legendary Canadian artist Tom Thompson. Yours truly has had the pleasure of being involved in both those projects. March 1st of this year saw the release of a very special project and one that caught my eye, my ears too, and continues to stay with me. I I gotta tell you, I've been a fan for a long time now of you, this lawyer guy who writes this great music. Once again, you've wowed me with this, this song, This Ain't a House. What a great piece you've come up with. Oh, thanks. It's, uh, it's, it's been a blast to see it come alive uh, because it was created a while ago and then it kind of just laid dormant, kind of almost like it was waiting for the right opportunity and group of people to pick it up and take it through to completion. And, you know, one of those strange COVID blessings was, uh, was, was this song. Yeah. It beautifully written, beautifully executed, and I must say a great cause. Yeah, well, yeah, the cause is my friend's house, and, you know, you, you cannot go wrong in supporting them at any time. I mean, they are such a vital service to South Georgian Bay, and but, I mean, COVID, and I know this through my work as a family law lawyer, COVID has just increased the need for their services exponentially. Rarely is there a day when I don't, you know, in my work, refer someone there, and I know all lawyers are in the same position 
And uh, we know the statistics are bearing this out, that uh, the need for help for survivors of domestic violence, that the need for help is through the roof. So yeah, it, the, the, the song came along and uh, matched up with the cause really well. And of course, the song's inspired by, uh, by My Friend's House. That's where the, the title came from. Can you tell me about the writing it? Can you tell me about that process? Yeah, uh, so I wrote it about uh, probably three, maybe four years ago. And um, it was in the midst of the Me Too movement. And um, there, was, there was a lot of discussion um, on the airwaves um, with uh, survivors of uh, both of domestic violence, of sexual harassment. And one of the themes that kept coming out was the need that we had as a society to make a paradigm shift and start believing survivors. Because we heard so often that when a survivor comes forward, one of the struggles is not being believed. And, uh, and, and really that's where the first line of, of the song came from, which is, you know, I, I will believe when none believe you. Um, and uh, just, I just felt that was, was the line of a song and uh, it began there. And um, as I was kind of, you know, stewing in, in all these thoughts and feelings about this Me Too movement, I was also, you know, dealing with in, in my professional practice, um, some, some cases involving um, people who needed services like My Friend's House. And, and I was thinking about how My Friend's House is sort of a code word, as we all know. Uh, that's, that's one of those things that you can say, I'm going to My Friend's House, instead of saying, I'm going to a shelter. And I thought about how, uh, well, it's not a house. And, uh, it, it, and it's so much more than that. And uh, so the idea of combining that, that, that support, that belief that, that survivors need with the institution that is my friend's house, that's kind of where the, the germ of the song came from. And so, um, you know, I wrote it very quickly. The lyrics came to me very quickly. Uh, it's one of those nice songs that doesn't take, you know, I've had songs that take a couple of years to, you know, to finish because, you know, you get a great chorus and you don't have a verse or or vice versa, but this one wrote itself real fast. Yep. And I took it to uh, my, my friend, John Eaton and my friend, Sasha Law at Shipyard Kitchen Party. And we worked on it together. And, and you know, John had lots of fantastic ideas as he always does musically, He's such an incredible musician. Sasha had lots of great vocal input. And uh, over the course of a night or two, we, we hacked out a kind of what we call a basement demo, a just for Uster, And uh, I sang the lead on it. And we liked it. We liked the song. We actually sent it to my friend's house. They liked it. The only problem was I wasn't a big fan of me singing it. And, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you are, you're very humble. <laughs> well, you know, it's just, I, I kept thinking, you know, I like this. I love the song. Obviously, I, we all felt passionate about it, but I kept thinking, ah, it's not a match quite for my voice. I think it's a, I think it's more of a Sasha song. And and we all kind of agreed on that. But, you know, uh, life goes on. You get busy with other things. And we meant to do a, a recording with Sasha singing it, but never got around to it. We got busy with some of our other projects. We did a musical and then we did another musical. And so This Ain't a House got put on the back burner. And um, then, then along comes COVID. Yeah. And you got, I mean, you ended up getting Sasha and a whole bunch more. <laughs> How yeah, did well, that this, all happen? Yeah, this is when it gets fun, you know, so we're, 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 we're sitting around, our, our tour has been canceled of our musicals, uh, we can't book anything. All we can do is talk about all the stuff we hope to be doing and all the stuff that it might be nice to do. And This Ain't a House is one of those projects. So it came up, we're batting it around and 
a few things happened. For one, we've been watching uh, some videos that have been put together by a local filmmaker, Ryan Harvey McIntyre, and we just thought they looked and they sounded great. And so we reached out to him and we reached out to a, an incredible recording studio run by Adam Fair called Villa Sound. And we said to them, hey, if we could bring together the musicians and the vocal talent to do a kind of a, a community based version of this song would you would you guys help us out with the production side of it and and we'll do it in the hopes that it brings attention to and maybe some money to my friend's house well they were they were all over it um they they immediately jumped in and said you got us well how can we help we said so okay great so then john who knows everybody who can who can sing uh, a, a note in in this community started to talk to some uh, to some uh, colleagues some vocalists and he started rounding up a number of great musicians to lay down the track. And so um, we had a rehearsal with the musicians. Then we went into the studio, laid down the track. And then we got uh, six, I think it is, incredible female vocalists to come in in sequence. We couldn't all be in the studio at the same time and to lay down, lay down the vocals. Then Ryan and Adam did their magic um, and layered them and, and cut a video that, that interspersed them and all the musicians. And we created the, uh, the official This Ain't a House, the This Ain't a House that we wanted to have all along, really. Well, I and mean, what you created was certainly a bit of magic, from my opinion. Uh, it's the video that I have watched a couple of times now, great look. Yeah, it sounds great. The vocalist you've got lined up, all of that production, big payoff it's it's fantabulous yeah and every what was nice about it was uh everyone was so eager to help you know uh we had uh we had marcia alderson from motown and marley and melanie case who who uh works with john eaton on on uh, on on the radio but was also an incredible vocalist we have yep. emily chambers all these wonderful vocalists and musicians and they all just wanted to do it there was no well i don't know if i can fit this into my schedule there was no you know oh i'm gigging that night so i can't commit everybody just wanted to help uh, my friend's house has been around for a long time I know uh, back in the days that I was uh, running the Gaiety Theater, uh, I directed a couple of events, uh, one-nighters for my friend's house as well. Really, really important, as you say, organization in the community. It does pain me, I have to, uh, to say a little bit, when I watch the video, seeing some of the stats that you put up there, one in four, that one really, really hit me square between the eyes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a sort of one in four uh, women are survivors. So it's a look to your left, look to your right. Wow. situation and uh and, and and just to be clear that's one in four women are abused by their their significant other their, their intimate, intimate partner yeah their intimate partner and the and and then what really makes you shake your head is of course uh that our shelters are so heavily dependent on community funding i think a lot of us would assume that you know shelters that provide this vital service are pretty much all government funded and um, they're not, and this isn't to get on a political soapbox, but uh, it's striking that that we have to, as a community, do so much work to keep our shelters open and and to keep them in service. And uh, if you don't, you don't, you lose them. Yeah, Al, you know, Allison Fitzgerald has been at the helm for a very, very long time with my friend's house, and as long as I've known her, she's always been go, 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 and trying to make sure that that place uh, stays running and has as many rooms as possible available. Yeah, and it's a battle every year for them. So uh, 
you know, there, there's no better cause to get behind um, at any time, but especially in a time like this. So they, they need the help and they deserve the help and, and we can help there. If everybody just throws in a little, uh, pitches in a little, offers what they can, uh, we can do it. Great. Well, I think, again, what you did is great. And I think that what would be really great is if we could, uh, I think I'd love to play the song now, if that's all good with you. I'd love that. Thanks, Dean. And, and thanks to you and for doing this. I'm happy to have you on the show and we'll, uh, we'll have you back again. Okay. Cause I know you write some, you write some dandy stuff and you really, you, you don't cease to impress me. So you, you do that all the time. And so thank you all again for your contribution uh, to all that you do uh, for our, our community SGB. My pleasure. Thanks Dean. Alrighty. As promised, you and I get to share in the great pleasure of enjoying a listen to the very recently released, very wonderful and very worthwhile this ain't a house. Right here on This Here Wow. I will believe when none believe you. I'll take you in when none will take you on. I will be strong so you don't have to. This ain't a house. This is your home. That it seems strange that you can't say when it all changed And something wrong turned into something more And I won't care what others say about how it got to be this way Or why you never came to me before There's a time to figure out what makes a man Other people make your choice Wondering what life's like When it's your own If there's a war, I'll take a side If there's a door, I'll kick it wide I'll be there when all the rest are gone There's a time To figure out what makes a man And there's a line And it's drawn deep along the sand
have it. With words by Jason Murphy and music by Murphy and John Eaton, this ain't a house. Love it. Do yourself a favor. Go to the Shipyard Kitchen Party website. That's shipyardkitchenparty.com and watch the video of this great song, including a look-see at all the incredible talent, all of which, each one of them, donated their time and services. As the video ends, you're given directions on how you might make a donation of any size to my friend's house, an organization that has for a long time been doing so much good right here in SGB. Okay, time for me to thank all my guests for taking the time to be part of this week's episode of This Here Wow. I sincerely appreciate the time they took to chat with me and the contribution they've made, which continues to make SGB the place to be. Thanks going out to all of you. We are all very lucky to be able to be here in this rather exceptional landscape. Of course, I'll have an entirely different bunch of wows to bring your way next week. There's no shortage of them in SGB, I guarantee you that. Now, if you have any questions or comments, or perhaps there's a a wow that you think should be on my radar, please send me an email. Dean at thisherewow.com will get that job done very nicely. You can also go to my website, deanholland.com. That's Dean, H-O-L-L-I-N.com, and I would love to hear from you. Thanks so much to the Jen Schulte team. Jen Schulte, real estate broker with Century 21 Millennium Inc. Brokerage. Go to jenschulteteam.com. Thanks also to my technical producer, Ben McCulley, for cutting and pasting the show together so nicely each week. Thanks also to my favorite IT guy, Mitchell. Special thanks to Ash. Love to G. And a really big thanks to you, too. I look forward to us being together again next week for another installment of This Here Wow. Until then, I'm Dean Hall. This here, this here, this here, wow.